The Bible. It's the Word of God, sharper than any two-edged sword. This sacred book is living and active and contains all that's needed for life and godliness. Stay with American Family Radio for the next hour as we study God's Word and take your Bible questions. Welcome to Exploring the Word. You know, one of my favorite paintings of Billy Graham is at the Cove. And if you ever go to the Cove in western North Carolina, they've got on display a lot of things that Billy Graham was given over his years as an evangelist and keys to the city and awards and honors by many, many nations. But there were some Russian Christians that painted a picture of Billy Graham as a sower in a a field. And the seed is the gospel, and it says, a sower went forth to sow. Well, you may not know that, but that's taken right there out of Mark chapter 4, verse 3. And Bert, um, as long as we live, Christians, churches, every believer, we are to sow the seed of the gospel, which bears the fruit of eternal life into every heart where it germinates. And uh, we're, we're to go out and sow the word of God, too, aren't we? We are. Now, we may not know how it will land and what will happen to it after it lands. Now, I'm talking about as a farmer would sow seed after it's planted. But guess what? It will. And uh, so I I know that Jesus wants us to sow. And uh, so I, I pray that you are doing that. And again, chapter 4 begins, and again, Jesus began to teach by the sea. Again, uh, in the book of Mark, it seems it goes from one to the other. Uh, He'll do some miracles, and then he'll tell of an event. But guess then what happens? It'll say these words, and he began to teach again. Mm -hmm. Because in the book of Mark, it seems primary that this is very important. And so he does this again and again, and he began to teach by the sea. Now, Alex, the multitudes... Let me ask you this. Do you think they're there to hear him teach or because he has healed them and done all kinds of miracles? Well, uh, maybe it's a little bit of both. You know, maybe it's maybe it's a little bit of both. I've heard missions uh, experts talk about what they call, you know, rice Christians in foreign countries where they feed and people come because they expect they're going to get something. But um, he goes on and he teaches Many things in parables. Now, verse 2, a parable is a relatable earthly story that sets forth a heavenly truth. And being an agrarian culture, they would have known about this, but uh, he teaches parables and said unto him in his doctrine. Bert, isn't it important that um, we teach, we give examples, we give illustrations, but we're trying to teach doctrine. Now, doctrine, these are truths from God that are applicable to everybody. Christ is the Son of God. We're saved by faith. And uh, regardless of how we teach and what our methods are, like the Savior himself, we're trying to get people to understand truth, which which really is doctrine. It really is. Now, when Jesus would use a parable, he would do it in such a way that he's answering questions or getting one point across. And here in chapter 4, the first parable that he uses, which takes up the first 20 verses of him giving the parable and then taking the apostles aside to, to tell them the meaning of the parable, to help them learn by parables. And, and he does this in such a way that, Alex, I, I would say that the parable is used to, to get those that were interested in, in listening to really hear well because Jesus says those who have ears let them hear you know in other words mm-hmm. he's not saying you don't have ears the ability but he is talking to to them in such a way that he says i want your spiritual eyes opened your ears opened that others that you might see these parables and really what it does those that are not spiritual those that are just you know, coming along for the ride, they'll probably get, you know, be left out because eh, that doesn't make any sense. But to those who really want to know the teachings of Jesus Christ, they're going to dig in, Alex. And I don't think that's changed a lot today. People that really want to know Christ wants to dig in. And how is the best way that God's given us 
is through the Word of God, His Holy Spirit directing us in our lives, in our situations, and by that we can know Him. Well, amen, amen. You know, I, the words mean so much, and I don't mean to always be going back to this or that Greek word, but in verse 3 it says, hearken. Behold, there went out a sower to sow. And the word hearken is the word from which we get the word acoustic. In other words, you're going to hear something? Well, listen to it. He says, Behold, there went out a sower to sow. And it came to pass as he sowed, some fell by the wayside, and the fowls of the air came and devoured it up. And some fell on stony ground where it had not much earth. And immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of earth, but when the sun was up, it was scorched, and because it had no root, it withered away. Some fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it. It yielded no fruit, and other fell on good ground. Now, Bert, this is 4 through 8. We've got the wayside, we've got the stony ground, we've got the thorny ground, and we've got the good ground. Uh, I've heard it said that this represents the human heart, you know, the receptivity or the lack of receptivity on the part of the human heart. Uh, Bert, do you think these four types of soils represent the human response to the gospel? I really do, Alex. I do. And I say that from the scriptures first, but then through observation and experience, uh, have you heard the 80-20 principle? Eight, uh, you know, 20% of the people in a church do 80% of the work, if not more, all the work. And, and there seems to be that three quarters uh, that just go by the wayside, but then that quarter, that listen, that get down to the 25%. Now, I'm not saying that's exactly, don't hold to me and say, oh, that's cut into that precise, but I think it does represent those things. But I want to go back, if you would, to verse 4. The birds of air came and devoured it. I was wondering, okay, is the birds representative of of certain things that will happen? I, I believe it is. I think the and I'm just going to go ahead and say it. The demonic influence will mm. cause some yeah. not to hear. Now, what is the demonic influences that's in people's lives? It can be addictions. It can be wrong teaching. It can be a lot of things. But it stems from Satan desiring to keep anyone away from the truth of God's word. And then when you get down to the, the second group and the third group, you know, those that didn't go down very deep at all, and then those that went down but then sprang up all the thorns and thistles. So, Alex, uh, I've heard, is it 75% that get saved or only 25% that get saved? I, I, I tend to think if you look at this and look at it through the rest of the scriptures, I think that 25% that in this represent those that are truly saved and and following the Lord. I know, I, I know, and notice it, any of them could. You know, uh, the the seed. There's nothing wrong with the seed. You know, <laughs> every one of these seeds was good seed. But um, Bert, I, I remember one time I was talking to a young man about um, the gospel, and he was listening to the radio or listening to some kind of music. And he had asked me a question, and I was going to share with him about the gospel. And, you know, he just kept listening to the radio, not really paying attention. And I was thinking about the distractions of life. And it could be so many things, but let me tell you, don't let the fouls of the air or the distractions of life uh, take you away from focusing on, do I have Christ in my life? The stony ground. Bert, I've met people with stony hearts, yeah. and, and they just... They wouldn't really open up to the love of Jesus because of this or that or the other. And um, I think we know what a hard heart is like. And then thorns, and, you know, I don't know exactly what all those can mean, but pressures or uh, just maybe, you know, covetousness, and you got to chase after a dollar, or I don't know. But let me just say this in verse 8. The good ground is like the receptive heart. And it did yield fruit that sprang up and increased and brought forth some thirty, sixty, and a hundredfold. Jesus said, Hear that hath an ear to hear, let him hear. And when he was alone, they that were about him with the twelve asked about the parable. Bert, I love how in, in some places the King James will say that they said, Declare unto us this parable. In other words, explain it to us. 
you know, whenever I think about the apostles all around Jesus, or I think about the people on the Emmaus Road, won't it be something in heaven to have an audience with Jesus? And you can ask him anything. You know, Bert, uh, what would you ask him if you could <laughs> ask the Lord anything? You know, what would it be? I I believe uh, thinking about that, I, I'd have to do with how in the world uh, him being so good of a God, why so many did not turn to him. And uh, I'm afraid I might hear the answer that I don't want to hear. Bert, you didn't do a good enough job to tell them the truth of who I am. And, and I know, listen, D.L. Moody, he really specialized this. Uh, he would tell folks how desperately they needed a Savior. And mm. I, I pray that we're doing that on Exploring the Word, that we're we're saying to you, well, religion's not enough, your church is not enough, being baptized is not enough, making money and giving it to the those that are hell, you know hurting is not enough. It is relationship with God through Jesus Christ, and that is the only way. And uh, now, Alex, again, I know that's not a great theological debate, but I would say this in verse 9. Notice, he who has ears to hear, let them hear. But when he was alone, those around him with the 12 asked him about the parable. And he said, to you it has been given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. Now, that is awesome. It's been given to us to know something of the mystery of the kingdom, but to those who are outside, all the things comes in parables. They, they won't understand this, but mm. you have the capacity because of your relationship with me through the ministry of the Holy Spirit. You're going to have the ability to understand spiritual things that the world cannot even begin to grasp. That uh, This parable is unique. I agree with that. But the explanation of 9, 10, and 11 for me is is even greater. That yeah. there, there are certain things the world will never get it. You can do apologetics. Uh, you can do uh, illustrations. You can do all the things you can. But they're bl- Satan has blinded the minds of those that they will not comprehend because they've given him room to operate. So, Alex, uh, I hope those who are listening today have ears to hear. Amen. What a blessing, folks. If you turn to Christ, and this is a key, you must believe his word, the Bible. If you'll do that, you will understand the mysteries of the kingdom. Oh, and this is so unique, the kingdom of God and how to get in. This is the message of Jesus. Well, we're going to continue in Mark chapter 4 on this edition of Exploring the Word. Stay with us. We've got a brief break. More of Mark 4 and your questions after this. This is Pause to Pray, a chance each day to stop down from the daily noise of life and pray for our country's leaders. Today we pray for Michael Chigaris, Chief Judge of the United States Court of Appeals for the Third Circuit. His court has appellate jurisdiction in the districts of Delaware, New Jersey, and Pennsylvania. Isaiah 30, 18 reminds us of the importance of justice. Therefore the Lord waits to be gracious to you, and therefore he exalts himself to show mercy to you. For the Lord is a God of justice. Blessed are all those who wait for him. Right now with this in mind, let's pray. Dear God, we ask you to guide Michael Chigaris in his work on the Third Circuit Court of Appeals. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Pause to Pray is a service of this station and the Presidential Prayer Team, a nonprofit, nonpartisan ministry dedicated to encouraging prayer for our nation's leaders. To learn more, go to pausetopray.org. Many people think Christianity is all about behaving better, cleaning up our lives so we'll be more acceptable to God. But Dr. Tony Evans says that's not only wrong, it's impossible. He'll tell us why as we spend two minutes with Tony. The good news of the cross is God came down. The good news of Calvary is that he left heaven, came down to earth to lift us back up to heaven. That's grace. So wherever you see the gap between where you are and where Christ is, you don't need the power of positive thinking. You need the grace to come down. That's what you need. You need grace to come down. One of the great failures today is Christians who say, well, I'm going to. Sometimes we do it in counseling. Do you promise to fix this and stop that? Yeah, I promise. And they mean it. They just don't have the power. 
That's where you need grace. Grace comes along and it makes up the difference. Now, God doesn't want us to sin and want us to fail. But when we do, and when we are restored, then we should become a minister of grace to other sheep like nobody else because we know what it's like to be lost. We know what it's like to wander down the wrong road. We know what it's like to be confused. We know what it's like to, to get caught in the thicket and to be released. And if you've never had to be released from God, I hate to pray this prayer on you, but you need a thicket. Doesn't have to be a sin, but you need a circumstance, a trial, a challenge in your life that only God can get you out of so that you will have a sensitive heart toward others. Learn more about what it takes to develop a close and vibrant relationship with the Lord. Check out Tony's CD series, Pursuing Christ, available online at TonyEvans.org. Then join us next time for Two Minutes with Tony. For we know that if the earthly tent we live in is destroyed, we have a building from God, an eternal house in heaven, not built by human hands. 2 Corinthians 5, 1. American Family Radio. Welcome back to Exploring the Word on American Family Radio. And he wants to save you if you're not born again. Would you come to Christ? By the way, we're still collecting some listener stories, listener testimonies of people whose lives have been blessed by AFR. And Alex and I want to hear those. We'll use them during Sherathon that's coming up in April. And we're excited about that time when we get to hear from people who call in and say, AFR has blessed us and we want to bless you by continuing to support you prayerfully and financially. And so if you have um, a testimony story to tell how AFR has helped you and blessed you, you can call this number, and, and I suggest you write it down, put it in your phone, and you say, well, I don't want to do it. But then you pray about it and say, God, would you have me to do that? And then after you think about it, and God says yes, have a one-minute to two-minute just word of testimony to call in and share. That number, write it down, like I said, 877 877- Eight seven six eight eight nine three. That's eight seven seven eight seven six eight eight nine three. you could do that, and then we could use that before and during Sherathon, and it would be a blessing. So, Alex, you and I get to hear it all the time because the people who call in ask their questions many times. They just started off and say, well, "I want to tell you what a blessing AFR has been to us." And so yeah. there's, uh, we love to hear that. That that's like saying amen while you're preaching, isn't it? Well, it really is. We give God the glory. Uh, you know, we do hear people say this is a blessing, and we just praise the Lord because listen, it's it's not us; it's the Word of God, and it's the truth truth of God's Word. But you know, we're in Mark chapter four, and Jesus says this: seeing they may not see and not perceive, hearing they may hear and not understand, lest at any time they should be converted and their sins should be forgiven. Now, it wasn't that Jesus wanted people not to get it, and he, it wasn't that he was withholding salvation, but Bert, their inability to hear, their unwillingness to see and believe, it was the hardness of their heart. It wasn't the the lack of effort on the part of the Savior, but it was people... They didn't get the mysteries of the kingdom because they wouldn't believe the word of the king. That's exactly right. And he goes in to verse 13 through 20 in explaining this. So let me just read it all the way through, Alex, and then if you've got a comment to make it, because he explains what this parable is about. Jesus said to them, Do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all the parables? The sower sows the word. And these are the ones by the wayside where the word is sown. And when they hear, Satan comes immediately and takes it away, the word which is sown in their hearts. These likewise are the ones sown on stony ground, who when they hear the word, immediately receive it with gladness. And they have no root in themselves, and so endure only for a time. Afterward, when tribulation or persecution arises for the word's sake, 
immediately they stumble. Now these are the ones sown among the thorns. They're the ones who hear the word and cares and the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches and the desires of other things entering in, choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. But these are the ones sown on good ground. Those who hear the word, accept it, bear fruit, some 40-fold, some 60, and some 100. Alex, I don't see, I don't have to comment on it. He made it pretty plain what that was about, did he not? <laughs> well, he really did. And, you know, if you go on there, um, like in verse 26, in a way he kind of, I'm not going to say he completely restates the parable of the four soils, but he does compare the gospel to the seed. He says, so is the kingdom of God as if a man should cast seed onto the ground and should sleep and rise night and day, and the seed should spring and grow up, and he knoweth not how. For the earth bringeth forth fruit of herself, first the blade, then the ear, the full corn in the ear. But when the fruit is brought forth, immediately he puts in the sickle because the harvest is come. This is a comparison of the gospel going forth, and ultimately there's a harvest day. And um, do you know there's going to be the not only the harvesting of the wheat, but the separation from the wheat of all the tares. So, you know, Bert, I love how God created Adam and Eve, put Adam in a garden. The first, the first vocation ever was a type of agriculture in a way. Adam tended a garden, right? And then Jesus came as a carpenter, a builder. Uh, God built this universe. I mean, these are things anybody could understand. I think so. I think so. Alex, I was reading about especially the second parable, 26th through the 29th. Now, there's one between there we'll get to go back. But this parable, someone said, and I thought it was so accurate, uh, notice the words that they use. Uh, If a man scatters seed on the ground and should sleep by night and rise up day and the seed shone sprout, you know, he said, wow, look what's coming up. The earth yields crops by itself. Uh, you sow the seed, and some of it's going to come. But here's is the, what this person said. The bigger the harvest, the more believers you have. But also, going back to the parable that he was given, the bigger the harvest also, the more tares you will have. In other yeah. words, there's going to be some that immediately it looks like, man, this harvest is great. It looks fantastic. But after time, you find out some of those were not the real thing. So, yes, people talk about a great revival and how many people were saved. And they say, well, you wonder how many of them were true. Well, listen, don't dwell on that. Just know that there's always going to be those that rise up and they'll fall away. There are those that are growing then the the think the cares of the world will drain them away, but there's going to be some that's going to land on solid, good ground, Alex, and they're going to produce great fruit. And uh, that's what we're responsible for is sowing the seed. You know, uh, last fall, Angie and I were at a, there was a hot dog supper to raise money for the fire department, and we happened to see a couple of youth there that were in my youth group probably 25 years ago. And Angie's probably listening right now, so shout out to my dear wife, Angie. But um, this young man that we saw, great Christian young man, now married, got kids. And every once in a while, I'll see my youth group alumnus. And this this kid has just been exemplary for 25 years. Godly young man, got married, raised in a Christian family, in church. And I told him, I said, I'm so proud of you. You've walked with the Lord all these years. And God bless you. But looking back, I'm going to tell you something. I remember I wouldn't have necessarily bet he would have been one of my better youth. (laughs) On the flip side, I had a few teenagers back in the day that I would have just been certain that was the next Billy Graham. And a couple of them have turned flat out apostate. Here's the thing. You just don't know. But God does know the heart of people. And, you know, back there in verse uh, 22, it said, Christ said, There's nothing hid which shall not be manifested. Neither was anything kept secret, but that it should come abroad. God knows the human heart. I mean, he really does. 
And if you've got a stony heart and you've got excuses or objections or outwardly you're going through the rituals, going through the motions, but inside your heart is not really with Christ, he knows that. And uh, when, now skip down there to verse 29, the harvest time comes and the Bible talks about the sickle, in other words, the, the, the day of reaping. And one day, and we don't know when, but Bert, either by death or Christ's return, we will all stand before God. And at the harvest time, uh, we, God, will, God will have us give an account for what he already knows today, the state of our heart. He really does. And Alex, uh, I, I believe Judas's chariot illustrates that as much as anyone. He was part of the 12, but Jesus knew who he was from the beginning. Now, there's a lot of bait. Well, why did Jesus get him if he knew what he was? Well, that's one of those things. I have thy thoughts. I imagine everyone does. We'll find out one day for sure, I believe. But guess what? When it came time in that upper room, when Jesus said, one of you will betray me, not a single word that we heard. Well, we've been waiting on you, Jesus, to talk to us about Judas Iscariot. We've yeah. wondered about him. Not not a single one spoke up. He did such a great job of blending in to those that were following Christ. Only God knew. So here's here's the truth. You want to go, uh, if you're listening as a believer, you want to go, does it hurt to examine yourself to see if you're in the faith? It does not. Matter of fact, the Bible says to do that. Examine yourself to make sure you're in the faith. Has there been a time in your life when Jesus Christ became Lord and you served him and you remain with him, you continue with him? Continuing with him is one of the themes of the Bible, isn't it? Well, it is. You know, First John 2 talk, talks about, like, if they were really with us, they would have stuck with it, you know? Uh, as uh, one of my mentors, in, he's in heaven now, Dr. Pat Cronin, and he gave me my first job in ministry, but he said, stay with the stuff. Amen. And Bert, I, you know, I think I know what he meant. But um, by the way, in verse 30 and following, okay, we're going to continue. Christ is teaching about the kingdom of God. And I've mentioned it many times that Gary Habermas and other scholars have pointed out, folks, this is so unique. I mean, there there have been religious figures that said, you know, do this, don't do that. Here, you know, do these meritorious things and your good might outweigh your bad. Jesus came talking about the kingdom of God, and this is absolutely unique, and he is the door to the kingdom. And, you know, uh, the kingdom of God is, is proof that we're not just living for the kingdom of man. In fact, one day the kingdom of God will come, and all of these previous things, the kingdom of this world, will be done away with. But um, 30, 31, 32, Bert, I want to say this, and I'll be very quick. Uh, I had an idea about this parable, and you're the first and only preacher I've ever known that had the same idea about this great big plant. And by the way, we used to grow mustard. I've harvested mustard plants, and they can get seven feet tall. They really can. A tiny little seed like a grain of sand, but can grow up into this big bush so big that the fowls of the air can lodge in the shadow of it. You and me have talked about this parable quite a number of times, haven't we? We have. And again, when you see this, uh, Alex, you, you just talked about it earlier when you talked about the young man that was in your youth group and 25 years ago, and he's still going strong. His name is Jason Ford. He might Wait, be listening. Jason, Jason if, if you're listening, keep on keeping on, my dear brother. I have them that I've, I was youth minister. I've pastored. And now that I'm in room pastor, let me just get, I go to churches in our area here in Tupelo, Mississippi, Northeast Mississippi, and I preach at these churches. And they're at a different church. I was their pastor at one time in another church, but now they've moved and gone to another church and they're still sticking to the stuff. Now, Amen. again, I'm not going to say they were all like your friend that you wondered, well, would he make it or not? Yes, he did. And listen, I just want to tell you, you are a blessing to so many people when you stay with God. And and you'll say, well, I, I, I haven't preached like you and Alex. I, I don't have a national radio program. I, I don't do apologetics the way Alex does. I don't do uh, family conferences the way you and Jan do, Bert. Listen, 
God will use you where you are. You who are listening, be faithful in your home. Be faithful in your work. Be faithful in your church. Let God use you. It's not the size. It is the sort. You got Mm. that. It is the sort. It's not the size. It is the sort. Have you been faithful with what you've been given? It goes back to the talents. Those talents, one and then two or five or ten, you know, no matter which one you get, that does not matter in this kingdom that we're talking about, Alex. It's what God has given you and what you do with it. And that's the mustard seed. It wasn't much, but it was planted, but it produced beyond measure that even the birds would come and they would they would nest in it. And so, listen, let God, you, you who are listening, don't, don't say, oh, I'm, I don't have what everybody else has. You've got what you got. Use it for his glory. Well, amen, amen. And, oh, my goodness, uh, Bert, I'm thinking about, do you remember, I believe it was Bruce Wilkinson who wrote a book called Secrets of the Vine. Yes, it is. You know? Yes. And uh, this thing about the kingdom of God and the mystery of the kingdom of God, and just um, the Bible says great is the mystery of godliness, how that Christ was manifested in the flesh. Part of the reason that I think it's wonderful to be a Christian, sure, to know that I'm saved, I'm going to go to heaven, but just to know reality. Bert, don't you think that's just one of the perks of being born again, is that the, the dear Lord has revealed about himself, about eternity, about the goings-on of this world, about the redemption of all things, the spiritual battle, the pathway of victory. Part of the benefit, I would say, get on board, folks. Amen. I mean, yeah, yeah going to heaven, That, of Ooh. course, that's important. Yeah. But I'm thankful to be saved just to have insight into what reality is. Alex, there's joy in the journey. Now that's Amen. that's what you're that's what you're talking about. There's joy in the journey, even in those low places, in those places where you wonder you're you're squeezed in, like it talks about in Second Corinthians chapter four. We're squeezed in on every side, but pressed get, about. Yeah, guess who's guess who's being in there? Squeezed with us, the Lord the fr- Jesus Christ. I'll never leave you. I will not forsake you. I'm with you, even in the tight places, in the crooked places, in the low places. I am with you. Bert, but, does my memory serve me? Is he the friend that sticketh closer than a brother? He is that same one, and there's no one like him. So let me just suggest all of those who are listening that are followers of Christ that may be having a difficult time. There's joy in the journey. Look beyond what even the difficulties and look unto Jesus, his wonderful face, and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and his grace. That number we want to hear from you, 888-589-8840. American Family Studios was started back in 2011 as a way to advance the Christian worldview into an increasingly media-rich culture. Media is like such a powerful tool to communicate the gospel. I love writing stories, getting in my office, and just thinking, how can we portray this concept of who God's character is? And to get to use the gifts that God has given me is really a joy. AmericanFamilyStudios.net This is the time where we all better be on our knees in front of our windows. Where we better have the boldness to stand on the truth of God's word. Where our allegiance better be to him. Listen, he alone has an enduring kingdom. He alone, he alone makes promises and keeps them. God alone, nobody else. Airing the Addisons, weekday afternoons at 2 Central on American Family Radio. Let's be real. Retirement is expensive and inflation is making it even harder with the cost of everything going up from pet food to a dozen eggs. Wouldn't it be great if the cost of your health care could go down? Well, MediShare 65 plus is $99 a month for ages 65 to 74. And for many with Medicare Parts A and B looking at other options, that's 50% or more saved per month. No gimmicks. It's $99 a month, and you can use any Medicare-approved doctor or facility, and you get 24-7 access to telehealth from the convenience of your home. Better yet, 
MediShare is a Christian nonprofit organization. It's a community that'll pray for you and encourage you. And since we've cut out the middleman, you get to keep the savings. Call now. You can learn more about MediShare 65+. Here's the number, 833-45-BIBLE. That's 833-45-BIBLE, 833-45-BIBLE. What is the source of America's greatness? My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. Alexis de Tocqueville, a 19th century French political thinker and philosopher, had this exact same question. On the heels of the French Revolution, he came to America in 1831 to investigate America's ascendancy. In doing so, he found that America's greatness did not lie in her economic system. It did not lie in her banking system, nor did it lie in her educational system. He found America's pulpits aflamed with righteousness was the source of America's greatness. He opined that America is great because she is good. But when America ceases to be good, she will cease to be great. Let us pray for a restoration of the flame of righteousness in our pulpits. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. Welcome back to Exploring the Word on American Family Radio. Welcome back to Exploring the Word. The number for your Bible questions and your phone calls, it's 888-589-8840, 888-589-8840. Bert, I had the honor early this morning, I was on the radio with Todd Storns. You know our very dear friend, Todd Storns. Yes. And he's on in Memphis, and we talked about the upcoming conference just a month from now. And Bert, you're going to be there in Paris, Tennessee, Abe Hamilton, myself, the Addisons, so much more. It's truth for a new generation. Truth matters. That's our theme. And you can go to my website, which is alexmcfarland.com. And I was very blessed. Todd Starnes gave us this rousing endorsement and just encouraged everybody to be there. And uh, it'll be a great time of getting equipped to stand strong for truth. Amen. We're looking forward to that. And we ask that, man, go ahead and register, get it down. And uh, we're looking forward to being there with you. Well, let's go to the phone lines. We've got lines open. Alex and I have been trying to get to more of the phone calls in the last segment of this year. That was one of our New Year's resolutions that we would get to as many phone calls as we could. And so we're going to try to do it again today. Let's go to Steve in Texas. Welcome, Steve. Hey, guys. Uh, I appreciate you. This is your local Texas dozer, man. But anyway, <laughs> hey, uh, my, my mother passed away about a month ago. And uh, my dad is a believer, and he's struggling a little bit. But he's uh, – has a lot of questions about heaven because him and my mom been together since they were teenagers. And anyway, uh, that's a, he told me, he said, it just don't say enough in the Bible about heaven. And I said, Dad, <laughs> you know, uh, we know it's going to be great, whatever it is. But he said, I want to know if I'm going to see her like she is or what, you know, I, I said, it's going to be better than what we would ever think anyway. <laughs> Amen. You know? But anyway, he's struggling a little bit, and I was just kind of wanted to see if you knew the right verse to help him out. Steve, mm-hmm. thank you for calling. And we, we know it hurts. Uh, you know, we hear these stories about, you know, they've been married just two years, and one of them dies, and we say, oh, how tragic. But I, I observed, and this is over – close to 50 years of pastoring and ministering that I've been doing this, those that's been married the longest many times, they're the ones that hurt and struggle the most. And so this is not unusual, Steve. And uh, But you you hit it. Alex, I'm just going to say a word, and then you can take it. He hit the ball out of the park when he said it's going to even be better. Amen. That That's right. And, you know, we don't know everything, but the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 13 that we will know each other. Yes, we will know as we are known. And uh, Paul wrote it that eye is not seen, ear is not heard, 
neither has entered the heart of man the things God has prepared for them that love him. I know we're trying to get as many calls, but i got to read Isaiah 25, 8, and 9. Now, this sounds like something out of the book of Revelation, but the prophet Isaiah certainly does agree with the apostle John. Isaiah 25, 8, and 9, speaking of heaven, says, God will swallow up death forever. The sovereign Lord will wipe away the tears from all faces. He will remove his people's disgrace from the earth. The Lord has spoken. In that day, they will surely say, surely this is our God. We trusted him and he saved us. This is the Lord. We trusted in him. Let us rejoice and be glad in his salvation. Bert, (laughs) it's going to be heaven. That is shouting ground, Alex. Amen. All the guys that's listening to you, all of a sudden you started reading that. The biggest smiles came on our faces and said, yes. Steve, give that script. Uh, Alex, give Steve that scripture verse again. Isaiah 25, 8 and 9. Now, this is going to bless you. Here's what you do. Get with your dad. And by the way, our condolences on the home going of your mother. And I'm as serious as I can be. Go online and Google a song by the Cathedral Quartet called We Shall See Jesus. And I believe you better have a Kleenex handy. (laughs) You'll be shouting amen. We will. Hey, there's a big, it's a pretty thick book, Steve, Randy Alcorn's book on heaven. And uh, it's pretty pretty lengthy, but it will bless you. And uh, Randy Alcorn, great writer, and I think you would enjoy that. Let's go to Virginia and talk to Gary. Welcome, Gary. Hey, how y'all guys doing? I'll tell you what, I listen to y'all every evening. Well, and every, you. every morning, I listen to Bert and, and uh, Alex. Y'all both from North Carolina. I'm from North Carolina. But uh, <laughs> I, I love what you're putting out there. And my question was about, yeah, you did say, Jesus didn't know what he was doing when he picked Judas. I mean, he knew he knew exactly what I was when I come out of I come out of the womb. So you just got to have faith. He knows everything that we do and everything that I mean we think. I mean, we think we get away with that. No, not not hit. You can't get away from him. Amen. And I want people to understand that. Amen. You got to have faith. Go out here and read the Bible and uh, read it for what it is. And don't add to it and don't subtract from it. Amen, Gary. I'm going to let y'all – okay, y'all have a good day. Thank you, brother. Listen, I I didn't say – what I made – hopefully I said it right. I don't know. uh, I said we – he knew what he was doing from the beginning, and uh, it didn't catch him, Jesus, by surprise. He knew that. Well, why was he chosen? Well, he knew one of them was going to betray him. Was it to fulfill all scriptures? Uh, that's one of those things, Alex, you know, uh, well, that's, a- hey, you know, you, you know, something's interesting in John chapter two is very early in Jesus's ministry. And he goes up there at Passover and it says many people followed after him looking for the miracles, but it's interesting. Verse 24 of John two, Jesus did not commit himself unto them because he knew all men. Now he does know what's in every heart, doesn't he? And uh, so he went on with his ministry and, of course, uh, was crucified and rose again. But here's the thing. There, there are some things that God knows that we don't, but he really does know each and every heart. So it, it ought to motivate us and behoove us to make for sure that our heart has been given to him. Examine yourselves to make sure that you're in the faith. We got numbers, that number that you can call. I think we can get one or two more in, 888-589-8840. We'd love to hear from you. Let's go to Indiana and talk to Kimberly. Welcome, Kimberly. Hi. I'd like to know a summary verse that tells the gospel so I can put in an Easter card, something that talks about the cross, Jesus dying on the cross for our sins and giving, uh, forgiving our sins and giving us eternal life. Oh. Do you know, um, Bert, I want to give you a chance. One of the summary verses that I think really does share it is John 6, 40, um, or John three sixteen. But John 6, 40, Jesus says, Whoever sees the Son, S-O-N, whoever sees the Son and believes in him will have everlasting life, and I will raise you up at the last day. I mean, that 
now, if you want the cross and everything, I think about 1 Corinthians 15, 3 through 5, where Paul wrote, I delivered unto you that which I first received, how that Christ died for our sins, was buried according to the scriptures, the third day rose again from the dead. Um, but Bert, what, what's maybe some of your go-to verses? I, I have to go to Ephesians, and, and again, it's in there, and maybe a little lengthier, but it is Ephesians 2. But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ by grace you have been saved, and raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us in Jesus Christ. And then it talks about, For by grace you have been saved through faith, that not of yourself is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared before that we should walk in them. Kimberly, that's a great ministry. Uh, I, I just thank you for that. Isn't that great, Alex? That is. One more is Romans 5, 8. But God demonstrated his love in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Amen. Romans 5, 8. Uh, Bert, uh, you and I could get going for a while on this, couldn't we? <laughs> we could. Amen. Kimberly, thank you for that ministry. Let's go to Illinois and talk to Earl. Earl, welcome. Hi. How are you doing today? Doing well, brother. Is it cold well, in Illinois? Uh, it's a little warmer today. It's, I live in southern Illinois, so it's Okay. A bit well, it's the first day of spring, anyway. so I was wondering, you know? So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Go it's ahead, brother. Yeah. Uh, I was wanting to talk about a. Um, I recently read an article. Uh, it was a preacher that actually wrote it, and uh, he was talking about how he had an out of body experience and that he actually went to hell and seen hell and came back. And I wanted to get your thoughts on people that, you know, have said that they've transitioned into an out of body experience and gone to hell. I've heard them as well. And Alex, uh, whether it was real or a vision, I tend to think it was more of a, would you call it a vision or an experience rather than reality? Yeah, because uh, let me throw a couple of words out. One is the word subjective. Subjective is a personal experience. And, you know, anybody can say they've experienced anything. And, and I'm not disputing, but we need something objective, something dependably true that is above anybody's personal uh, account, and the objective truth that is without question is the Bible. You know, Bert, um, I hear, I've heard a lot of testimonies. I mean, I, you preach in 2,000 churches, I've heard some testimonies. Some are very inspiring, and some make me kind of go, hmm. Uh, so I, I don't know, I just respectfully listen, but when it comes to the tr the definitive truth about eternity, uh, I I don't like to stray far from the Word of God. I agree. I, let me just say, what you want to do is Luke 15, Luke 16. Uh, when you get the truth of that, you really do. It's sort of like going to heaven when you read John 20 uh, and, and you see 21 and you see heaven and tears wiped away. Paul getting caught up into the third heaven, and he saw things that was just beyond descriptive beautiful. And and so, Alex, uh, do we need more? I, I I think the Word of God, it says it's a more sure word than anything else, you know? Yeah, yeah 2 Peter 1, uh, 19 through 21 you know, hey, I love the stories of answered prayers, and listen, I believe God does miracles. I really do, but... Um, Let's not seek after more than what the Word of God says. Well, what Jesus I, did, yeah. didn't, even what we're studying in Mark, he'd do the miracles. But then even today in Mark 4, what did he do? Again, he turned to the Sea of Galilee and began to teach. So mm -hmm. it's the Word of God that doesn't return void, isn't it? That's true. That's true. Uh, I bet we have time for another question. 888-589-8840. Bert, may we get one more question? Let's in? go to Arkansas Hello? and see Frankie. Hey, Frankie, thank you for calling. Hey, how are you doing? Really um, good, my brother. question is about the my question is about the day of judgment and standing before God. I've always had trouble with that because 
it just sounds like it's a big giant performance evaluation for myself and i don't know what i would say other than that i've failed you and i thought that at the day of judgment i could just point to jesus who's standing in my place and claim all that he is for me and it just sounds like it's coming down to a little bit of both it's jesus and well what have you done what is your account and it just confuses me depresses me makes me anxious and all of that so frankie thank you for calling let me i i I'm not going to say I'm going to put you at ease, but it's called the Bema seat. It's the judgment mm-hmm. seat. And you know the real purpose for it, Frankie, is giving out awards that Jesus has observed and you can receive. That's it. The biggest judgment day that's ever occurred is when he took my sins on himself at the cross. My ju- my sins were past, present, and future in him. doesn't give me the reality of sinning and living any way I want. No, it gives me the reality of following Christ and Christ alone. But, Alex, there's some rewards that he wants to give Frankie. You know, it's not yeah. he wants to, oh, buddy, you didn't do this, you didn't do that. He wants to say, Frankie, you were faithful. You love my, you love me coming again, and you were faithful. I've got an award for you. Frankie, you, you lived a sacrificial life. You tithed. You gave above. I've got a reward for you. It's a reward day, isn't it? It really is. Uh, God bless you, brother. And hey, uh, for one thing, I appreciate your heart that you're you're thinking about these things. Um, we often talk about the judgment, but we to be very precise, we, we need to help people understand that the New Testament talks about really two two judgments: the great white throne, which no Christian will ever be at. The great white throne is really the judgment of the unbelieving nations. And a born-again believer will not go before the great white throne. But in the spirit of 2 Corinthians 5.10 and Romans 14.10, it does say that we uh, will be rewarded. Bert is exactly right. Uh, Everything we've done for the Lord post-salvation, you're going to get rewarded. Uh, Isn't that a blessing? Not only do we get a home in heaven, but Christ is going to bless you, reward you, honor you, for your faithful service. So don't view it apprehensively or, oh my goodness, I'm on the hot seat. No, um, what a blessing. The Bema, 2 Corinthians 5.10, the judgment seat of Christ. Uh, there's going to be crowns, but you know what we're all going to do with one unified voice? <laughs> we're going to say, all glory to the Lamb. Amen. Praise to the Lord Jesus. He is worthy of all praise, honor, and glory. And we, with the 24 elders... And all the angelic, we're going to bow before him and glorify him forever. By the way, the tears that are wiped away, I believe it's kind of like Peter when he saw Jesus, when Jesus was going from Herod to Pilate, from Pilate to Herod, when he saw Jesus and he knew what he hadn't done, he went out and wept bitterly. When we see Jesus, I'm not sure he'll have to recall anything to our memory, Alex. I got a feeling we're going to see him and find out how... We were lacking in how beautiful he is, and he'll wipe away those tears. I think it's going to be a joyful day, brother. It is. And you know, 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty eight says, Our labor in the Lord is not in vain. So you keep walking with the Lord. You keep standing and speaking up for the Lord, and God will bless you. Thank you for listening to Exploring the Word. Hope you'll be with us tomorrow. We'll continue through Mark 4 and 5. Bless you. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.